0: Welcome, Jonathan.
1: So happy to be here with you. Thank you so much.
0: You're so welcome. You know, I'm excited to share your story because you were in the entertainment business. You met all kinds of Hollywood stars. You should have been living the life, right? And yet you say that you were still searching for happiness. So just tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of was living the life it's just that they told me the life made you happy and it didn't and it's not that they weren't good times so you know at the time I loved music and I my goal I wanted you know I was younger then and I wanted to see a lot of concerts I wanted I wanted to interview bands and rock stars and things like that so I created a company to do that and it was a really successful company it was one of the first online music companies. Uh, it was called LA live. So I, that's what I did. I went to see concerts and I went to interview bands and it was wonderful. And that, then that later evolved into, I started producing television shows and also I was working with a lot of celebrities and, You know, and over the time, too, I always wanted to live near the beach. So slowly I I started moving from the middle of L.A. to close to the beach and then closer to the beach. I was living on Third Street. Uh, I could see the sun set out my window. I had I had set all these goals for myself with the idea that when I achieved them, I would be happy. And along the way I, I would achieve these goals and I go, oh, I guess that wasn't really the right one. Let me, let me set up another goal. That'll make me happy. And then I I'd get, I'd achieve it. And then I would set up another goal and go, well, that one will make me happy. And I know I'm not the only one that does, does this. I, I, I didn't know what was going on back then. I just knew I kept achieving goals and I still wasn't happy. Um, Right. And then I yeah. discovered I, I I like went on a search. Then I quit the entertainment business, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. You know, in someone like I live in rural, I grew up in rural Canada. Right. So if I looked at your life, I would imagine it was perfect and you should be absolutely happy. Right. From the programs that we grow up with of what makes us happy.
1: Absolutely. And, and so here's the crazy thing. So, you know, I lived on third street and three blocks from the beach. And I would look at the people on second street and on ocean. And then with who the people that had their houses in the sand, and I would compare myself to them, just like you're comparing yourself to me. Um, and, and we live in a world, the real problem is that we, were, we live in a world of nonstop comparison. And we always see someone who on the outside appears to be doing better than we are, uh, whether it's with what they're doing, their bank account, their relationship, their car, their house, right? All, all, Anything we can think of to compare ourselves with another person. And that's what really begins to destroy the joy inside of us. See, we think joy is going to come from outside of us. If I change this, I'll be happy, right? When, when I, I do this show or when I get this interview or or when I get this relationship or, you know, for someone, you know, when I land this job or get this great client, um, we, we think that, that these outer things will change us. Or for some people, when I get the new car, then I'll be happy. That was in my head once I remember. And then I got the new car. Okay, life didn't change. Um, you know, <laughs> people stand online to get the new iPhone. They stand online for hours to get the latest iPhone. Um, okay, that's not that doesn't make us happy. So we think all these things will will change on the outside. You know, when I went on this search for what was wrong with me, why wasn't I happy even though I had everything I wanted? What I discovered was that nothing was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. that was the big discovery and then it was like oh you mean i'm okay just how i am i don't have to be like anybody else i don't have to pretend to be like anyone else i don't have to try to be like anyone else and that's when the changes really came when i stopped trying to change my outside world but instead not even try to change my inside world but accepted my inside world. And when I accepted my inside world, I could change just happened. Right. It's fascinating. And then of course, then you can begin to make the changes you want, but from, from a whole different perspective. Yeah.
0: Instead of pursuing it, you're, you're living it.
1: Yeah, you're experiencing it. You get to experience, you know, like Eckhart Tolle talks about the power of now, right? You get to experience now instead of always dreaming of the future, which never comes because, you know, you're listening. Hey, raise your hand if you said, I'll be happy when I got that goal and then you got that goal and you're still struggling. Yeah. Because I know I'm not the only one that postpones happiness like that and then continually postpones it. So yeah, we get to live in this now moment. And now is the only time you can ever be happy. You cannot be happy in the past. The past is gone. You can remember the past and experience it in the moment. That's true, but you can't be happy in the past. And you can't be happy in the future because the future is not there. If you want to experience happiness, we've got to figure out how to do it right now in this moment.
0: Yeah. And you call it the
1: self-love revolution? Yeah. That was, that was the key to everything. And I I want to be clear about a few things. One, self-love is a skill, which means it can be practiced. And when I started practicing it, I was pretty crappy at it, really crappy at it. The the first time I I learned some of this from Louise Hay and the first time she says, you know, look at a mirror and and look yourself in the eyes and say, I love you. And I remember the first time I did it, I, I went, I go, that sounds like a fun idea. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) If I knew what was in store for me. So I go to the mirror and I look myself in the eyes and I go, Jonathan, (laughs) no audio is not garbled. That was an exact Quote, I couldn't say the words. I had no idea that I didn't love myself. I really didn't. And so what changed everything for me was this journey of self-acceptance, of self-compassion. It has some other elements there. It's not just, it's not just saying I love you. What I discovered was it's a lot deeper than that. And, and the whole foundation needs to be set up for that. Now I can say it anywhere, anytime. I I look in, I'm in the airport and if I see a mirror, I go to the bathroom, there's a mirror. Hey, Jonathan, I love you. In a friend's house, if I'm over for dinner, I go to the bathroom. I look in the mirrors. Hey, Jonathan, I love you. I can say it anytime, anywhere now. And it's really, really powerful. Um, But there, there, you do have to set up a a foundation for it. And once you do, once you really can find that that place of compassion for yourself, the world around you changes tremendously. Right. So
0: compassion for even our imperfection,
1: especially not even especially for your imperfections, because look, I, I look at it this way: if um if a friend came over. And said, you know, oh man, I really messed this up today. Made this big mistake or, oh, I don't like the way I look, you know, look at this, this thing on my face or my weight or, or, you know, whatever it is, we would, we would be so kind to that friend. We would, we would give him a hug. We would say, no, it's okay. I got your back. Said, no, no, don't worry about that. You, yeah, that was a big mistake you made. I understand that half the time it's not even a big mistake, right? Mm-hmm. We'll say, that's not even a mistake. But let's even assume it was a big mistake. Oh, okay, I got it. And I have your back. I'm here for you. But we don't talk to ourselves that way. We talk to friends that way. But we talk to ourselves like our own worst enemy. Oh, you're such a screw up. Oh, you're so stupid. I can't believe you did that. Oh, I mean, I used to look myself in the mirror, you know, before I learned how to say I love you, um, and before even I went, I used to look myself in the mirror and say, Man, you look like crap. Man, what a screw up you are. Yeah. You know, I get back from an interview, you know, with with huge stars with, with Cher, you know, on one side, with Green Day. I was a big punk rocker, you know, that's what I like. You know, I'd I'd be interviewing these these, these huge artists. And I get back home and I'd say, Oh, you're such a screw up. You can't do anything right. Is that like crazy? And, and, that, and of course that, my friends are telling me, oh man, that's so cool what you're doing. Well, why yeah. couldn't I say that to myself? Yeah,
0: it's because you could see the little imperfections and you thought you had to be perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, because it, it's the, you know, they teach us. I remember when I learned quote unquote, how to interview, right? When you, when you, you know, back when I still worked for companies and I go on interviews. And I remember being groomed and say when someone asks what your, um, you know, what your what needs you need help with, right? What's not your, you know, they ask you your strong point. I'm, I'm losing my words right now, which in the old days I would have beat myself up for. You're yeah. you're not answering the question. You're trying to find your words now. I'm just like, all right, I, I can't figure out the words. It's okay, Jonathan. Just keep going. Um, So they would say, you know, what, what do you still need to work on? And the, and the stock answer was, well, I'm a little too much of a perfectionist. Right. So that's what we had to answer. So yeah, I thought I had to be a perfectionist and here's what I discovered. So every single day is a combination of things that go exactly how we want them to go and things that don't go, how we want them to go. This is every day. Now, some, we have more things go right than wrong. And other days we have more things that go wrong than go right every single day. So my old habit was, right? Life is really about habits, right? If you have good habits, you're happy. And if you you have not great habits, you're not. And if you don't think you have habits, you are wrong. You just have to know what your habits are. We all have habits. So I had a habit, like I was saying, I and I just picked out Everything bad. And I didn't even acknowledge the good stuff. What a great thing you did today. I didn't even acknowledge it. Now I simply have a new habit. I acknowledge things that didn't go wrong. It's not that I bury them or ignore them, they were there. I practice forgiveness. Forgiveness is such an important practice, it's the most important skill that we were never taught. And then I spend time celebrating. All the successes I have from making the bed in the morning to watering plants to, you know, if it's a great interview, I'm not interviewing the stars today, but but I'm doing things like this. I, this will be my celebration. I work with my clients and my students, and I celebrate each and every one of them and each and every experience I have with them. If I have a good interaction with someone at a store, I celebrate that good interaction. and. It's just like a bevy of celebration at the end of the day.
0: Wait, wait, And thats Jonathan, a
1: different way to live. Jonathan, uh, wait,
0: did you say I'm not a star? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, you're sure I heard that.
0: You're you're, you're
1: you're interviewing me, though. I'm not interviewing you. <laughs> right. So
0: I'm sorry. I just—it's I, so true, though. Like we we build up these expectations of. And, and you're well past it, but, you know, that stars are better than us when it's just not true.
1: Oh, I have so, uh, look, I had a great time interviewing the people I interviewed and I still interview every once in a while, a interview celebrities for my podcast, but I interview way more um, what we would call non-celebrities, right? Mm. And even the word celebrity, it's such a horrible word yeah because it puts people on a spe- on a pedestal. They're human beings. And here's the thing, the struggles that I went through about not feeling good enough, they're going through also. Mm. You, you might point to them and go, oh, look, look at them and look at the life that that they're living. And look, I'm telling you, I spent a lot of time backstage at concerts. I spent a lot of time with artists and I spent a lot of time seeing alcohol, drugs. And I'm not saying you can't drink and you know all of that but when you are doing it for pure escape um that's not what's creating joy anymore Mm -hmm. we think it does but it's not i saw a lot of miserable people trying to escape life um as i was myself uh and of course we know about some of these people you know some of them have taken their lives and uh yeah. You know, what you see from the outside is not what's going on on the inside. And, and that's what we really need to understand here. What you see on the outside is not what you see on the inside. Celebrities, non-celebrities, you, you know, we all feel the same emotions. We all feel joy. We all feel sadness. Uh, and when we can begin to recognize that we are really no different from everyone else and that we are okay, that I don't have to have that house on the beach. I don't have to be in that movie. Look, if you got it, great, enjoy it. If you whatever you're doing, enjoy it. But you can enjoy your current life experience just the way it is. And I'll just put a caveat because I know someone's going to say, "Well, what about you know the people that are homeless, the people in the war zones, and people like that?" Yes, I want to acknowledge that. And for some, it's a lot harder. So I'm talking to the majority of are living in in those kinds of situations um most of us aren't in a war zone thank goodness um most of us if you're listening to this you have food on your table we get we get to sell we can have compassion for those that are struggling and we get to celebrate that we have what we have
0: yeah and I, you know, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone that is homeless. Sometimes they revel in the simplicity of you know. I, I'm not saying it's easy, but they've decided to make things very simple for themselves for a while. But yeah, it's like even then you have to just be in the moment and only see the next step.
1: You whatever right. If you are in those situations it certainly creates more stress and it certainly creates more trauma in the body. Um, and even then in order to get through it, you know, it, it's, you know, Victor Frankl, if, 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 you know, Victor Frankl, you know, he survived the Holocaust and, and I'm horrible at quoting people, but you know, he, he says it's in the, the space be, between, um, Oh, I hate when I try and quote someone and it doesn't come to me, which is usually all the time. I'm, hor- I'm horrible at quoting someone. But, <laughs> but between this... input, input and response, right? There's an input, yeah. Which, which might might be um, seeing someone that looks like they're better off than you, or it might be I don't have a home. Between input and response, there's a space, and in that space, that's where our whole life lives, mm-hmm. and that's where we get to choose to experience joy. And this is a guy who lived through the Holocaust. Like, I can't imagine something worse than that. And and I did have family that that perished in the Holocaust. Um, But he got through that, looking at the space between the input and the response. And yes, so I want to acknowledge that for some people, it's harder if you are really in a traumatized place right now. But in order to get through it, in order to heal your trauma, You still have to be here now, and you still have to find compassion, have self-love for you right now. That's the only way through. Yeah, so true. And to realize
0: that things aren't the answer to happiness. When I was a kid, I actually had um, my grandparents really hurt my parents and my family in order to have more wealth and i was quite young at the time and i really started to question what life was all about and i knew it wasn't in possessions or things so i love what you're saying
1: yeah and to be clear this isn't anti possession either i got stuff yeah. i like some of my stuff um i like i like the you know my good pan that i that i cook with I like it. I like to to go places. So it's not that any of that is bad. It's just when that becomes a replacement for self-compassion and living in this moment, experiencing joy in this moment, those things will not replace it. Look, I, I spent 20 years in Hollywood. I know a lot of rich people that are happy and a lot of rich people that are unhappy. And I lo- know a lot of poor people that are happy and a lot of poor people that are unhappy. Right. Money was not the denominator of happiness. Yeah. Money's an amplifier. If you are happy. And so I talk to entrepreneurs about this a lot. Cause I do work a lot with, uh, with a lot of entrepreneurs. So, you know, if you're creating a business, but it's really whatever you're creating, if you create it, with joy right now in this moment, when you have your success and have your millions of dollars, you will be happy. But if you, whatever you're creating, if you create it in a struggle, believing that when you are done and when you get there, wherever there is, by the way, there doesn't exist. It took me a long time to figure that one out. There is no there. But when thinking that when you get there and you have your millions of dollars in the bank, then you will restructure your life and be happy. I've never seen it work that way. I've worked with many people. I've worked with people that don't have tons of money. And I've worked with millionaires who have sold their businesses. Not the way it works. You have to create it in a state of joy. Then when you get there, you will be happy.
0: Yeah. It's actually the creation that matters. Is that what you're saying?
1: It's it's not the creation that matters. It's the state you are in as you are creating. Right. Yeah. And in the moment if you you create it while you're struggling, when you get again, there doesn't exist. When you get there, because you'll you'll achieve your goal. You give it enough time, you'll achieve any goal you want with enough time. You'll achieve it. But if you do it by struggling, when you achieve it, you'll still be in struggle and you'll think, oh, I just have to set another goal. Well, you know, okay, my my company grew to five million. I thought that would make me happy. Well, when I get it to 50 million, then I'll be happy. Okay, well, you'll get the 50 million. I promise you, you work hard enough and spend enough time, you'll get it. But it won't make you happy unless you change the way you are creating your life and your business, if that's what you're doing.
0: Exactly. You know, and I love love what you said too about... You know, not having shame over having things either, enjoying that if that's what makes you happy, you know, and that's what is in your moment. So yeah, that's beautiful too. Yeah,
1: shame is a killer. And you're really right. So we hold shame when when we don't have enough, we feel shame because you know, on TV and in the magazines, it's all they're all showing these pictures that have enough, right? And it's like, okay, well, when I, I live like all those people I see, then I'll I'll be good enough. And I'll, I'll live in shame until then. So we have shame for not having enough and not having the wealth we want. But then when we are wealthy, there's a shame on that side too. Well, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to have my millions. Mm-hmm. And there's shame on the other side, especially if you've been brought up in a particular way. Um, you know, based on what what your parents knew. So there's shame on both sides of it. And it doesn't matter which side the shame comes from. Shame is shame. It doesn't matter whether you're poor, it doesn't matter whether you're rich. It's shame and it is so sucking. But you know what, what cures shame? Is forgiveness and curiosity. If we can move from a place of of judgment, which is what creates shame, right? Especially wondering how, judging ourselves and wondering how other people will judge us, making up stories. Mm-hmm. When we can change that to a place of, of curiosity. Well, forgiveness first, right? Forgiveness of of what we're experiencing, acknowledging what we're experiencing, owning what we're experiencing, accepting what we're experiencing, accepting it. Forgiving for all the crap that, that we did do right and that we didn't do right, finding a place for self-forgiveness. And then showing up in the world in a place of curiosity. Well, yeah. what, what can I learn from this moment? What does this moment offer me? Why am I in this moment in this way? Whether, why, why, why do I not have what I want? What's going on? What can I learn here? What's needed? The universe will give you the answers. Um, Or if you have all the wealth you want, but there's still a struggle, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to do now? Curiosity will lead you to the answer. You just have to ask the right questions.
0: Oh, exactly. Yes. So, yeah, I I always think I need to ask the right questions, and you're calling it curiosity, which is the same thing. I love it. With with that twinkle in your heart, right?
1: <laughs> the yeah, I mean, sometimes it comes down to semantics. I find a lot of times like <laughs> two people and sometimes I'm one of them are saying the exact same thing, but because they don't have the same words, they argue about it. <laughs> right so so curiosity is one way of saying it there there's uh, an author and i'm sorry i forget his name i love giving credit when i can give credit but sometimes i just forget because i have so many wonderful teachers he calls them affirmations right they're affirmations which you're affirming something but that doesn't work for a lot of people because if people go i i'm rich and then they just say that if they don't feel rich on the inside then um then there's a dissonance in their body and it doesn't uh become true but when you can come with curiosity what i call simply asking the right questions um you, you can create belief systems so if i ask how am i rich you'll get some answers okay i am rich because my my cabinets are stocked with food. I have a roof over my head. I have flowers in my yard. These are always the all ways that I'm rich. I have a mindfulness center here in Austin. Students walked into it this morning. We had classes, like beautiful things. So my my mm. my my subconscious brain is just searching for answers, and it will continue. Um, but the thing is you will get answers to any question that you ask. So if you ask, why am I not good enough, which I used to ask, um, why don't things work out? Why am I poor? If you ask all those kinds of questions, you will get the answers. And if you ask, uh, why is this happening for me? Right. if you ask, why is this happening to me? You'll get an answer and it will trigger the, the victim saboteur one of the 13 saboteurs as i call them and if you ask why is this happening for me well you'll trigger your inner powers to give you the answers to to find wisdom in it now i'm not even saying one is truer than the other i'll give you that they're both true even though half the time we make up wrong stories but i'll give you that it's all true if that's what you you can believe it but which is going to give you a better answer to create a better life why is this happening for me? How am I rich? How am I good enough? What's great about me? And your subconscious will be on a search for information to answer the question. So ask lots of questions, just make them the right questions.
0: Right, and where you
1: focus expands. So. Yeah, well, that's what questioning does. That The questioning expands the focus of your subconscious, because really what the self-love revolution is, when you want, if you really, you know, I, I, I say it on the surface, it's teaching you how to be your own best friend. Or if you're an entrepreneur, how to be your own best boss. Because Because we're our worst enemies and we're our worst bosses. But what it really is underneath all that is a reprogramming of the subconscious mind. We are reprogramming your subconscious beliefs and there are different ways to do it and a really powerful way is with these questions. It's like have you ever been been in a situation where you're trying to think of the answer to something and you're trying and trying um and then you just give up and like an hour later the answer out of nowhere just comes to you? Has that ever happened to you? So many times.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm like you, I get, if I get stressed, I can't remember a name or a quote, <laughs> it's just gone. But when you relax, the your frontal cortex can now connect to the unconscious and those answers just pop in.
1: Yeah, well, there are two sides of it. So yes, one is when you allow yourself to relax, the answers come. By the way, that's why hot shower, a lot of people have good ideas in hot showers because the warm water um, relaxes your nervous system. Yeah. What's also happening though, that you have to understand, we all have to understand, is that your subconscious never stopped looking for the answer. And it gave it to you in a time, yes, when you were a little bit more relaxed about it. <laughs> so whatever question you ask, you will get the answer. And, uh, You just have to, again, ask the right questions. But that's what's happening. That's why you got the answer later. Yes, the prefrontal cortex, you got that space. And your subconscious never stops searching. So just start asking amazing questions so that you can reprogram your subconscious mind. Look, if affirmations are working for you, then continue them. But affirmations are not working for a lot of people. And that's because of the disconnection with your subconscious beliefs, questions are what is going to reprogram those subconscious beliefs. And for many of of us, me, certainly um, questions are much more powerful than straight affirmations. If it's an affirmation that I don't fully believe yet, if I believe it, then I, yeah, then I just have to repeat it on steroids.
0: but yeah an affirmation can often include that little tug that says no you can't at the same time you're saying yes i can (laughs) so it gives the universe this two-sided you know it like mixed mixed um mixed information
1: mixed messages and our body doesn't know what to do with that and that's why we often in that situation we get this this um this unpleasant sensation, as I call it, inside the body that we don't know how to, what to do with. Yeah. And that's what we really need to begin making peace with, is all these sensations that we're experiencing, the pleasant, the unpleasant, we need to get used to them. It's like fear is not bad. Sadness isn't bad. No. Anger isn't bad. It's just that so often we've been taught, don't be sad, don't be angry, don't be afraid. We were taught that these things are bad. And they're just sensations in the body. And when we get those sensations, we need to begin to find an accepting place for them. So that we can be, because you point to a person on the planet that's never been sad, never been angry. So if we keep just, just affirming, I'm happy right now. Well, not if you're sad. Yeah. You have yeah. to say, I'm sad. Or as Thich Han likes to say, another one of my great teachers, he'll say um, there's sadness inside of me. So the sadness inside of me and accept it and be loving with it. And fear, man, fear. I, I use fear as a superpower. If I'm not afraid, I know I'm not doing anything important. So how do we transform some of these sensations like fear and anger into, into powers that we can use for good? Good for ourselves and good for the world. So I know that was an odd segue from actions into sensations, but it's that, it's that sensation of dissonance that some people get when we say affirmations that causes disconnect. And we need to create to that sensation, as well as the gamut of sensations that we are, as humans, are gifted to experience. Yeah. So it's
0: about accepting whatever sensation you're going through and then refocusing.
1: Yeah. But really, that acceptance is really powerful. You know, one of the things I talk about is the three steps of change. And the three steps of change, and this is in the self-love revolution, but I'll I'll give you what I can here. Uh, The three steps of change are the first is observe, and the second is accept, and the third is take action, which in a way is that refocusing. Now, the problem that most of us have is we don't like something we're feeling or we don't like the situation we're in. By the way, if you don't like the situation you're in, it has nothing to do with the situation. It has to do with the sensation you're feeling that you don't like, right? Mm-hmm. So because someone else might be in that same situation and they're not fighting it. Uh, so it still has has to do with that feeling. So we don't like this feeling. So immediately we go to take action because we, we've been taught, let's take massive action and change things up. And the problem is that the change does work. But it's only temporary. And in three or six months, you're back to where you started. That's why we're in these cycles. Like if we're in a relationship, we'll change the relationship and we'll meet someone else and and it'll be the same relationship just with a different face in front of me. But it's the same cycle Or we won't like our boss and we'll quit our job. We'll get a new job and we still won't like our boss. It has nothing to do with the job or the boss. You haven't done the learning that's necessary. You just, you just immediately went to take action and change things and refocus. You have to first observe and accept your current moment experience. Now I'll be honest on the other side, then there are the folks that will just sit with their experience. They'll observe and they'll even accept, um, but they'll never take action because they think, well, if I just sit here with it long enough, life around me will change. Well, no. You still do have to take action, but in order for that action, in order for the change that you want to stay with you, you have to go through the three steps of observe, accept, and then take your action. Then in three and six months, it will still be with you. You might have new new challenges ahead of you, but that one, you will have received your learning from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Action is huge in order to to really see
1: permanent change. Yes, action followed by acceptance. Yeah, creates permanent change, which is what we really want. We don't want little changes up and down, up and down, up and down,
0: right?
1: And back we want to the changes say, that stick.
0: Yeah. Now. You make a distinguished or a just like <laughs> you distinguish bef- between self love and self esteem. And self esteem, I think, comes from what we think others will think of us. You know, maybe something we're taught, a program. Just tell me what you think. tell me. Yeah,
1: what, I, your vision. my and I get that some of it comes down to semantics. So these are my definitions my understandings of it so that we can talk the same language. Cause that's half of our problem communicating. as we're talking different languages with the same words mm-hmm. in my world, self-esteem comes from the outside. So if it, at the end of this interview, if you say, Jonathan, oh, that was so great. I learned so much from you. I'm so happy that we did this together. I really like you as a human being. I'm going to feel great because you validated me and I want to be validated and I will feel good about it. And to be clear, I would love at the end of this for, for, for you to have a great experience having interviewed me, Jonathan Trowin. <laughs> yeah. But the bottom line is I don't know how you or anyone else is going to react to me on any given day. So self-love is a validation of myself because what happens if I walk into the room or into a room and people aren't accepting of me or what happens if you and I become the best of friends, but then one day you're gone either because your life moved on or maybe you pass away. I'm not hoping that I'm not trying to put anything out there, but, but this is what happens that we get into these, these, relationships, uh, not just romantic included, but romantic, non-romantic, and our life is bound up in them. And then if all of a sudden something changes and people aren't telling me I'm great anymore, I don't feel good about myself anymore. And this isn't, relationships are, are massively important. Self-love is not so you can live in the world alone. Self-love is so that you can be in relationships more powerfully. And more closely, but you know, we, we spoke about my, you know, my life in the music um, world earlier, and you know, let's take Elton John for exa- an example. I saw Elton's John Elton John's first farewell tour in the eighties, um, and he's had many farewell tours since then. And I I don't know his story particularly. I haven't interviewed him about it. So so but we've seen a lot of of whether it's a rock, a rock band or star that retires and then comes back. Or um or sports stars, athletes will retire and then come back. Mm -hmm. And I have spoken to some people about it who have done that. And it's the applause that they miss. It's that external feedback, validation that they miss. They can't live in the world without those applause. And I'm not putting down the applause. I hope at the end of this, you're loving this. I do. And it will make me feel good. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel good if someone else gives you accolades. Celebrate it right? We have to celebrate at the end of the day. And if your life is based on it, well, what happens if they're not there one day? That's the difference between self-esteem and self-love, is we have to learn to build ourselves up from the inside. And the real magic of it is, is when you live in a place of self-love, you are more confident, And when you're more confident, all those people that you wanted to like you, they tend to like you. (laughs) It's like either people are more attracted to you or it might happen where they're just not supposed to be in your life. And then there'll be a split. There'll be a repelling, right? And, and, And certain people will have to leave your life because they're not treating you the way you need to be treated. Or they're not speaking to you in the way that you need to be spoken to. Because when you're in a state of self-love, you don't accept things. So either people will leave your life or people will be more attracted to you because we are attracted to people that have this air of confidence. And that air of confidence and not not, not the fake confidence, hey, look at me, of the peaceful confidence of Dalai Lama-like confidence. Um, It comes from acceptance and self-love and self-compassion.
0: Yeah. You know, and I was was thinking that you do attract more of that. There's less of um, the critical person around you. But when you have self-love too, instead of self-esteem, you're able to take some criticism and just, you know, accept, learn from it, and move on rather than react to it
1: yes such a great point that is such a great point because normally we we react to anything that might be against us but the learning comes right criticism if done kindly and truthfully and to be clear not truthfully and unkindly because there's Mm -hmm. some criticism that truthful but unkind but truthfully and kindly and and seth godin talks about this as well and, it, and if you take any of his courses which I highly recommend you do um, he, he or he's not he has a company called the Kimbo which he just left so now it's a kimbo courses highly recommend them but he talks about uh, a particular way to give feedback truthful and kind. Um, and yes then you can accept it and even ask the right questions what can I learn from it? Or if you notice yourself reacting because there's a part of you that's hurt and getting defensive, what can I learn from this? Or why is my body acting like this? What can I learn from this? Because you have your back. Mm-hmm. You know, people sometimes ask me what my favorite quote is. My favorite quote or my favorite affirmation or whatever you want to say it right now is I've got your back. And it's, it's, it's what I say to me. I look myself in the mirror, especially on those difficult days. See people think, you know, Oh, Jonathan, he lives this life of self-love. He doesn't have any difficult days. Believe me, especially during this pandemic, man, I've had a lot of difficult days, but I still celebrate them. And I look myself in the mirror and I say, Jonathan, I got your back. So if criticism comes from the outside, if someone isn't giving me the, 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 the feedback that I wish I would have gotten, right? Those stories I should have, it's okay. Cause I've got my back. Nothing wrong with going to your friend and saying, oh man, I had a bad day. And having your friend have your back, but you might not be able to get to your friend or maybe you don't have someone who, who's, who's that close to you that you feel comfortable. If you can have someone like that in your life, it's very beneficial. Brene Brown talks about that. Very beneficial to have that person that you can call up and say, I need you right now. I need you to have my back and I'm gonna vent. But the reality is that not everybody has that. This new research um, uh, came out. I just saw it um, just uh, either yesterday or the day before, how, I forget what percentage it was. I don't wanna make it up, but there's a big percentage of people that feel they don't have someone close to themselves, that they can share with in this way. In that case, you've got to have your own back. And when you have your own back, it's possible that those other relationships, which you don't have, that that you're longing for, they may come into your life.
0: Yeah, a beautiful thing. (laughs) And don't you find, too, with this way of thinking, too, the very the smallest things make you happy? You know, the smallest things in nature, the smallest taste smells, you know, that's where, that's what I think what you're talking about in the space in between. Yeah.
1: It's all about the small. And I work with people on this, you know, if, if we, we come, you know, gratitude is one of the pillars. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about gratitude and when people teach gratitude journals and things like that, you know, it's always about the big things. Be grateful for, for, you know, like we were talking about before the new client, the new job, the the new, whatever, you know, the big graduation, you know, it's graduation season. So the graduation or someone in your family, always the big things. And that's great. Celebrate those. Those are awesome. Really celebrate them. But then on the other side, we'll complain about the the smallest things. We'll we'll complain that there's a fly buzzing around the house. We'll complain that it's too hot outside. We'll complain that it's too cold outside. Um, We'll complain that there's a dirty dish in the sink. We'll complain about anything. (laughs) And we need to reverse this where there are things that we must complain about. There are injustices in the world and we need to stand up and, and we need to do something about them They're worth complaining about, but not if you're only complaining. Only complain if, if you're if you can step up and do some work for it or support someone else who's doing some work for it. Otherwise it's wasted energy. Yeah. Um, but there are things there are big things that we need to complain about. Um, so complain about those and let the little things go. But for gratitude, oh, for that. Stop saving it for the big things. Save it for the teeniest things in the world. Save it for the sun that that's shining. And if it's not sunny, use it for the rain or the clouds that, that are, you know, clouds giving you shade or the rain that's giving you food or contributing to your food. That dish in the sink, be so thankful that you have dishes to eat on. Um, you know, when, I, when I'm folding laundry and look, I said, oh, man, so much laundry to fold. And then immediately now I snap out of it and go, oh man, what a gift. I have all these clothes, right? That is so amazing. You know, so there's so much, you know, I pass a, a flower on the street and I have gratitude for it. For the teeniest things when we can find gratitude in the teeniest, as well as the big. That's, that's when we open up to the possibility and the miracles that life is showering on you right now. You're being showered with miracles. Whether you know or not is okay. You're being showered with miracles. All you got to do is open your eyes and see them and have gratitude for them. Then you can experience the miracles.
0: Amen. I think it's, it's just, you're expressing it so beautifully. And finally, you know, you talk about self-love or forgiveness. And I think the two are entwined somehow.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? ne- necessary. So yeah, forgiveness was the last piece of the equation that I learned. I learned it after, um, you know, what Louise Hay calls a mirror work, looking yourself in the mirror and and saying kind things to yourself. I learned it after that. And the truth is, I did not get good at looking in the mirror and saying, Jonathan, I love you or Jonathan, I got your back or any of the, the wonderful things. Jonathan, you look awesome. Any of the wonderful things I say to myself now, I didn't really get there until I learned forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most important skill that we are never taught. And it's so important. I practice forgiveness every day. Uh, and I have a longer meditation, which obviously we can't do now, but there's a longer meditation to work through some past things, right? Cause you know, we play, we play the same story in our head for 10, 20, 30 years. And we're still going if that moment, 10, 20, 30 years ago, if that moment would have been different. My whole life today would be different. If only that person had done something different, or if only I had done something different. Well, we, we need to find healing with that. Forgiveness is giving up hope that the past can be different. Giving up hope that the past can be different because imagining the past being different doesn't make it different. We're still here today. So I have this longer meditation that, that works through healing the past. But we have now going forward, and this I can share with you because it's really short and really concise. And I say this, every single day. These are the words I say before I go to sleep. I forgive myself and anyone else who has hurt or offended me, knowingly or unknowingly, emotionally, physically, or monetarily. I wish them no harm. I accept this moment as it is and I release myself from future pain. I say this every single day. And I picture moments that I wish I had acted differently and forgive myself for them. I, if something else, someone else did something um, that I felt I was still holding on to, I picture them in the incident. And because whenever someone does something to piss us off, there's a part of us that wants them to hurt, wants them to be in pain. Well, that only hurts us. And I let it go. So then when I go to sleep, I put my head on the pillow, all these stories about the day are not racing through my mind anymore. I let it go. And if they are racing through my mind, I know either I forgot to do that, the the, my little forgiveness ritual, or I do it again. And then I can wander off to a peaceful sleep. Forgiveness is the most important skill that we were never taught.
0: Yeah, really, I know. And you know. If, if you can't forgive in the moment, you can forgive yourself for not being able to do it and ask the question, how will I figure this out?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So when you find yourself, you know, you beating yourself up, oh, I should know how to forgive this. Oh, I can't forgive this yet. Yeah. Sometimes there's a longer process. Sometimes the trauma is, is, is uh, deeper in the body, in the heart. So it takes time. So that's when we have self-compassion hey i see that you're struggling with this forgiveness i understand your pain and you have every right to be feeling what you're feeling and you're perfect just the way you are even with your imperfections you're imperfect just the way you are even with your perfections. you know both sides of it and i got your back yeah yeah if you're having difficulty just like a friend. If a friend came to you, I'm trying this forgiveness thing. I'm struggling so much. You'd say, I know it's so hard. I got your back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have your back. And it's a skill, a difference, a skill can be practiced. So practice it and you will get better at it. So powerful.
0: Jonathan, how do people uh, get more of what you're saying if they wish to?
1: Come join me in a community of people that are on this. The website, selfloverevolution.com. Selfloverevolution.com. That's it. And click join the revolution and join us. It, it, some of these things are hard to do on your own. Um, it's much easier when you have the supportive community. So I I want to invite you to really join a community. It is so powerful. You can also find me in the regular places, uh, you know, Jonathan and You'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, all the normal places. Uh, come join a community that, that has your back and will help you have your own back.
0: Right? Because sometimes, you know, I love the, I'll say to myself, I'll well, fake it till you make it. <laughs> Go join some others that already believe this, right? And you'll get there.
1: Yeah. And guess what? You've already made it. Maybe not to there. There is no there. But when you understand that you've made it and the only thing you got is here, well, it's where am I? And how do I be here lovingly with myself and all those around me?
0: Yeah. 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 And to have that bit of sense of humor, right? When
1: oh here. yeah. Humor is so important. So, so awesome. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I love what you're saying. It's just incredible. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for sharing self-love in the self-love revolution. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you. You will be in my gratitude and celebration list tonight
0: and you and mine and what you're saying is definitely empowering (laughs) and for everyone out there don't forget don't give away your power to anyone else be the creator of your own life spiral up spiral (music) out